Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. If you got your Bibles, go with me to Psalm 34 and verse 8. This is not going to be anything deep this morning. Uh, I have some thoughts on my heart, and I really want to encourage you in the Word. And I want us all to be reminded of some things about God and who He is. Psalm 34 and 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Somebody say, the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. We'll read it again. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. And thank you for this word. I need your help completely to give this message. I'm asking that you fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit and that you would speak through me, your heart, to the heart of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Last few days, I've been thinking a lot about the goodness of God and that God does a lot of things that we do not understand that is for our good and that a lot of things that are temporarily uncomfortable for us are actually what is best for us. A few days ago, uh, Alicia brought the girls over to the house. And baby Ava, which it's funny because, you know, kids are different. Different kids are different around dogs. And anybody that knows our dog, Stan, knows how dramatic that he is. And so when he meets anyone new, um, he's not nice, you know. So anyhow... Rose had thought about Stanley just staying upstairs, and, and so they'd come, and Madeline's been around Stanley, but Ava has not. And so, yeah, she's not crazy about him, uh, and he's probably not crazy about her, and so, because she's not crazy about him. So anyhow, I had said, well, let's bring him down on the leash. Well, we bring him down, and he sees, you know, somebody new in the house, and he starts barking and carrying on, and Madeline's like, and Ava is like, puppy, you know. She thought it was so funny, and the more he barked, the more she laughed. She thought it was great. Well, they warmed up to each other real quick, and so anyway, Stan has a little toy box or a toy basket, and uh, he's got a basket of his stuff, and then a basket where we keep, like, his leash and, and things like this. And so Ava, she's funny because she's got Alicia figured out. And Ava, if she gets something she knows if it's something Alicia's going to take away. So when she gets it, she runs instantly. So she gets into this basket, and she's got something, and she is so mad that Alicia is taking it away from her. She just can't understand why she cannot have this heartworm medicine. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a green box, and it probably had a picture of a dog on it. I don't know. I haven't looked at it in a while. And... Uh, she wants this box. She wants this. 
and Alicia keeps taking it away from her. And I said to Rose, I said, I wonder how many times God has to do that with us. I wonder how many times we say, oh, this looks great. I really want this. And God's like, you don't even know what that's for. You do not need heartworm medicine. No, you cannot. No matter how much you scream, no matter how much you beg, I am not going to let you play with this that is dangerous to you just because to you it looks pretty on the outside. I wonder how many times we've gotten our hands in something and it's like, oh, this looks great. This looks like something I want. And we don't even have any idea of what that thing does. We don't know what it produces. We don't know the side effects. We don't know everything that comes with it. We haven't had time. Baby Ava can't read the information on the box. She doesn't know what the fine print says or even the bold print. And I wonder how many times we get involved in things that in, in the place we are in our lives, we can't even understand the language of what that thing is. And we're putting a demand on it and we're throwing a tantrum and we're upset with God because he won't let us have it. And God is discomforting us and doing the best thing for us. Can we give him a hand clap and thank him for the stuff he will not let us have? Is that worth a good amen? Amen. Let's look at this verse a little bit. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, have you ever made something to eat that did not look appealing to your kids? And they say, I'm not going to eat that. That's gross. And what do you say? You say, how can you possibly know that you haven't even tried it? You haven't even tried it. You do not know. I know it's gross. Look at it. No, you do not know that. You think that. You believe that, but it's not founded in facts. You're basing everything on your emotions. You're basing everything on your, uh, on your senses. You're looking at the outside. But you have not put that food in your mouth to find out. And how many times have we tried something that didn't look good, and it was really, really good? Or how many times did something look really good, and then it wasn't very good at all? The Bible says you've got to taste and see. This is the same principle. This is God saying you haven't even tried it yet. You haven't even partaken of it. No, I wouldn't like that. I don't want anything to do with that. And you don't give it a fair chance. You have to partake of the things of God in order to learn that he is good. Do you know any people in your life and you have tried to convey to them the joy of having a church family, the joy of knowing the Lord, and they say, I, I can't go around all that church stuff. You haven't even tried it yet. How can you possibly know? You've never tasted it. You've never come and given it a shot. You haven't. Well, I've been to church before. And they may have come once in a year. They show up on Christmas or on Easter or whatever the case. And they never give it a fair try. And they assume they know everything already about those church people. I know how those church people are. 
I know how they do. I know how those church people treat people. I know. No, you don't know. No, you don't know. You're basing that on your own emotions. You're basing it on the outside. You're basing it on what you perceive. You don't know it. You believe it. You think it, but you do not know it. You can't know it until you taste it. You can't know it until you put it in your mouth and chew on it for a while and find out. Just tell your friends next time they won't come to church. Say, you just need to come chew on it for a while. You know, a lot of people say they're trying out churches, but they'll only come for one service. That's not trying anything out. If you got your, if you got your kids something and you said, hey, go try this in the yard, and they go out, I don't know, whatever it is. Let's, uh, I think a boomerang would be a nice example for this. You give your kid a boomerang, you say, go out, and they go out, and they throw it. Nope, doesn't work, doesn't come back, and they go back inside. You say, you didn't even give it a fair try. You know, in dealing with your own children, you tell them, you've got to try more than that. You've got to give it a fair chance. Have you ever had your kids, they want to they join a sport, but then it was hard once, and they said, no, I don't like it. You say, sorry, you already committed. You, already, you are going to give this a fair try. You're going to do it for this season. We're going to fight. You don't know if you like it yet. Just because it was hard doesn't mean it's not good. Just because it comes with difficulty doesn't mean you don't like You can't know if you like it yet. You haven't even tasted it. You haven't even tried. Am I talking to anybody today? You haven't given it a fair shot. I wish that when people come to try a church that they would say, I'm going to go for six months. Listen, the Sunday that you showed up, and I'm preaching to the choir today, but it, the Sunday that you showed up and decided you don't like that church, you don't know that they had a fill-in speaker because the pastor was sick. You don't know that something crazy was happening with the sound system. You don't know that everything was off kelter. You did not give that place a try. You were not fair to them. You did not show them the mercy that you want everybody to show to you. If you're going to try a thing, go try it for six months. Say, hey, we are, we're going to go for six months, and we're going to pray the whole time. And we're not going to be like this. We're going to talk to people. We're going to put ourselves out there. We're going to get to know people. We're not going to put everything on everybody else. We're going to put it on us, too. This is going to be a mutual relationship. We're going to cooperate. We're going to give it a try. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I prayed once, and he didn't answer. That's why I don't pray. You don't even know what prayer is for. You don't even know. Why were you praying, first of all? Why were you praying? You know what prayer is? Prayer is not an opportunity for you to get a genie to grant you all your wishes. Prayer is time spent with God that he may funnel his personality into you that you'll start wanting what he wants. That you'll find out what's actually good. That's what prayer is all about. Prayer is about becoming one with him in your mind. On the day of Pentecost, they were in one mind and one accord, and the Holy Spirit fell. It's not so much they were in one mind and one accord with each other, but that together they were in one mind and one accord with him. Prayer is about getting on the same page as God. you got to taste this thing and give it a try. Well, I read a Bible promise, and God didn't do what he said. you got to get that whole thing in context 
There's so much more. You have to give it a fair try. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't find out that he's good. You'll never know that he's good. You'll think God is not fair if you don't give him a fair try. You'll think that God is just a a dictator in the sky, a big boss that's just after everybody if you never give him a fair try. Oh, taste and see. And here is the counterpart of finding out that God really is good. Blessed is the man that trusts him. You got to trust him. Have you ever been in situations in life where it seemed like your parents or it seemed like a friend, it, it didn't look like they were doing the best thing for you, or maybe somebody told you something about them, but before jumping to conclusions, you said, hold up, I know them. I know their heart. I know their heart. I know them too well then to make a complete opinion and a, com- and a complete decision on I heard this or they did this one time. Am I talking to anybody? You know, in our, in our family relationships and in friendships, if we do not have, in, in marriages, if we don't have some trust, we don't have anything. Because as human beings, there are going to be so many times that we don't understand each other, that we don't know what, we don't understand what the other one was doing or why they were doing it. And maybe with people, maybe they did do something wrong. But don't ever let one wrong thing make you forget about all the right things. It has to get to a point where we have some trust that I know they love me. I know they have my my best, uh, I know. Interest, thank you, in mind. And I, I trust them. And so I'm not going to handle this situation based on one thing that I don't understand. You're never going to find out how much of a friend people are if we don't give some space to each other and give some trust and just say, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. We're never going to go further in our family relationships and our friendships. We're never going to go further in our church. Well, guess what? When you don't understand God, you got to trust Him. You have to trust God's character when you don't understand what it is that He's doing. When life does not make sense, when you say, God, where are you? I'm telling you, don't freak out. Don't be too quick to start running your mouth about God. Give God a little credit. He's been running this for a very, very long time. He's got a proven track record. Let me say it to you like this this morning. When life is bad, God's still good. No matter what's going on, No matter the hand that you apparently were dealt, no matter how things have fallen in place, don't for one minute think that God's not good. God is good. God is absolutely good. I think one thing that we do is that we tend to hyper-spiritualize everything and make it God's fault. Everything that happens. 
I've seen people that have destroyed their own health, and they start to experience the results of that. And then they say, well, I know God's got a purpose in this. He's doing it for some reason. Actually, he doesn't have a purpose in it, and he's not doing it for any reason. You ate junk and never moved. God's purpose was actually that we would not defile the temple of the Holy Spirit and that we would take care of this so we could last a long time to accomplish his purpose. That was God's purpose. So many things, we spiritualize them so we don't have to take responsibility. We spiritualize them so that it's on God. We say that we're giving God, well, I just know God will use this for something. No, you're just trying to make it his fault, to be quite honest. We tend to hyper-spiritualize everything, making it the result either of God's blessing because we're so great or God punishing us because we're not perfect. And neither are true. So much of what we experience is simply Life. Somebody say life. life. I heard one preacher say, he said, uh, he said, I was born with a sexually transmitted disease I got from my parents called life. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Are you, are you awake? Are you with me this morning? So much of what we experience is simply Life. So much of what we go through is the result of decisions, our own, and unfortunately, we're also affected by the decisions of others. You say, this is not my fault. Well, it might be somebody else's fault, but we're still in life, and we experience a lot of that, but it doesn't make God's fault. So much of what we experience uh, is the effect of what's in the food we eat, the choices we've made on what to eat or not eat. Things that happen in our world have to do with the weather. And do you know that the weather is not just God up there flipping switches and deciding to wipe places out? Well, I'll tell you, it's because of their sin. That's why these tornadoes and these earthquakes and... What about everybody else's sin? What about the sin of the people that didn't get a tornado? Is one person's sin greater than it? I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Will you just leave the weather alone and let the weather be the weather? The weather's just the weather, folks. I don't know, preacher. We see more and more, you know, and we, you know, earthquakes and diverse places and this. Would you do an honest study of history and statistics and look at all the storms that have happened for thousands of years? And sometimes they were bad and sometimes they weren't. Boy, I'll tell you what, 73 degrees on Christmas, we're surely about to see the coming of the Lord. He said we wouldn't know the season but by the falling of the leaves. And I know this is a sign of the times. Yeah, you know the last time it was 73 on Christmas? In the 1800s. It is not a sign of anything. You know what it's a sign of? It's a sign. It was too warm for Christmas. That's what it's a sign of. We hyper-spiritualize 
everything and end up giving God a bad name. We have to quit making everything out to be God controlling everything and playing with us like game pieces because he's not, because he's not. God is absolutely good, absolutely always. If we will resolve to believe that, it will put you, you know, there's usually no shortcuts to maturity. But man, if we could just resolve today to say, I am going to choose to believe. God is absolutely good, absolutely always. That's a little, that's a little uh, fast track. You'll be a whole lot more mature that fast if you'll just say, no, I absolutely insist God is absolutely good no matter what, and that's what I'm going to live my life on. God is good. When I go through difficult times, when I do not understand, it isn't because God left me. It isn't because God doesn't love us. It isn't because God isn't good. It's just that life is full of ups and downs. Joy and pain. Sunshine, right? Come on, somebody. Anybody? Anybody? Victory and tragedy. But one thing that I have learned is that even when life is bad, God is still good. Amen? And because of that, Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Psalmist said it this way. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Somebody say in trouble. He didn't say there wouldn't be trouble. He said he'd be there in the trouble. We've got all kinds of, but we act like when these things happen that it somehow negates Scripture. Maybe we should read the Scripture. Because the Scripture is full of trouble, and it's full of problems, and it's full of things that don't make any sense. He didn't say there wouldn't be trouble. He said, uh, there will be trouble, and I'll be there too. I'll be in the good time, and I'll be God of the mountain is still God of the valley. So what are we going to do? Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. Boy, if we could get this. God is God and he made us. We didn't make ourselves. This is his. It isn't ours. And how does the clay say to the potter, no, you can't do that? If we could get that. We are his people 
in the sheep of his pack. Listen, it's his grass you're eating. It's his air you're breathing. It's his water you're drinking. It's his life you're living. How will we, the creation, say to the creator, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Be thankful. He didn't say feel thankful. He said be thankful. Listen, it's when I'm not feeling too great, I still know the right thing to do is say thank you. Because no matter what I can understand, no matter what I have in my hand or I don't have, God is good and I owe him my praise and my worship and my life. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Why do we do all this? Because he's good. When life is bad, God's still good. Hallelujah. When I don't understand what he's doing, I still trust who he is. And who he is, is good. So I trust him. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I've proved him. Or and or. Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. Trust him. Believe him. Quick, it's okay to question things and take those questions to him, but don't question him. Don't question who he is. Billy Graham once was at a crisis of faith, and we all come to those crises of faith. And can I encourage you, if you are in a crisis of faith where you've come into something and said, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I believe. This happened, and I thought the Bible said this, and whew, I, I don't know. Sometimes in those moments, we make brash decisions. We start freaking out. You have permission to just chill. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to tuck tail and run all of a sudden. It is okay. And sometimes we feel a lot of guilt when those things happen. And we're just in, we're not trying to be uh, defiant. We're being honest. We've hit a crisis of faith. We've experienced something, and it, it actually made us question what we believe. And then sometimes we feel really bad. God's not freaking out. There is no one in the book that did not go through those times. You are in good company. You are in great company. Because they all went through it, and we've all been through it, and if you haven't, you will. It's okay. Just chill out. Don't beat yourself up, and, and don't run away all of a sudden. Just chill out for a minute. Go to God and ask him. Say, God, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not challenging you, God, but I don't know. Who are you? I came to a point in my life, I looked at the sky, and I said, hey, I said, whoever you are up there, I have to know the real one. I said, I can't believe you because mom and dad told me. 
I can't believe you because grandma and grandpa told me. I had a lady one time, she was talking about a particular thing. She said, that's what my grandma and grandpa believed, and that's what my, her uncle was a preacher. She said, and that's what my uncle and aunt believed, so that's what I believe. I thought, what an idiot. That's a dumb reason to believe something. What if your grandma and grandpa were Muslims? What if your dad was a Muslim minister? That would be a dumb reason to believe something. That didn't get near the response I thought it was going to get. But I'm not backing down. I'm doubling down. I'm standing on that. That's stupid. That's a ridiculous reason. You have to believe it because somebody else believed it? No. I got to find out for myself. Grandma and Grandpa might have been wrong. God bless them. I love them. But what if they were wrong? Hope they were right. I looked at the sky, and I said, whoever you are, I have to know the real one. I said, if you're the God of this book, great. But if you're not, I want to know. If you're the God of another book, I want to know. If you're the God of no book, I don't care. Something inside of me says that you're definitely up there and that you're really, really big. But I want to know the truth, whatever it is. Is there anybody here who just wants the truth for what it really is, no matter what that means? You got kids being raised in church and they're scared to question anything. And they ask their parents, oh, don't say that. The Bible says this. We don't talk that way. Why don't we talk that way? Why can't we take the God-given curiosity that we have and be honest and sincere and ask questions and talk about it? Why can't we? Why would you shut a little kid down for an honest question? Now he thinks God acts as honorary as you do. Now he thinks God's all uptight just like your prideful religious self. God's not like that. You can go to God and say, God, I don't know. And God will say, I'm glad to teach you because he's good, because he's a good parent, because he understands immature kids. You understand immature kids. Don't you think God understands? I hate you. I'm never going to talk to you again. I'm going off to my room. You don't think God understands how to deal with that? Apparently, you haven't paid attention to you very much because God's had to deal with that, and you're still here. God is good. I said, God, whoever you are. And that question led us to where I am today, and I'm telling you what I believe. But you've got to do that yourself. You can't believe it because the pastor says so. There are a lot of pastors preaching a lot of different things. Which one's right? Which church is right? Which religion? Which denomination? You have to seek God. Billy Graham, Billy Graham came to a crisis of faith. Some things he was presented with really challenged what he thought. And he was considering all things in his life and all things he had prayed and been part of and all these things. He was looking at all of it. But he came to a point. He went out in the woods to pray all night long. And he was praying at a stump that he had turned into an altar prayer bench. And he took his Bible, and he laid it there, and he looked up at the sky in the moonlight, and he said, God, he said, I don't understand this book. He said, there are things in here I can't understand, and he said, God, there are things in this book that, quite frankly, are hard to believe. He said, but tonight I make a decision. He said, tonight I decide. He said, to accept it. By faith. He said, I have decided 
to put my faith and trust in this book as your word. He said, and to take it at face value, he said, and I am going to live my life according to this book being the words that you have spoken. And God took that man and shook the entire world. God took that man and for the next 70 years shook the entire planet with the gospel like has never happened in history before and maybe never will again. Billy Graham's heart was saying, I don't understand everything, but I choose to believe you're good. I choose to believe that you are who you say that you are. I've got to tell you, I've been through some hard things in my life. I've been through and done some stupid things in my life. But when I didn't know right, or when I didn't do right, or when I didn't preach it right, God never left me. He never let my humanity scare away his deity. He never let my frailty scare away his strength. People live their whole Christian life on eggshells, scared they're going to run him off somehow. God's not like that. God's not like your fickle best friend that's, you know, not real. God's not like these, these people that where it's superficial and shallow. God loves you, and God is good. And even if your life is really, really hard right now, even if you're going through the most difficult things, even if you've experienced incredibly heartbreaking loss and trauma and tragedy, if you could hold on to one little word of hope, this is what I want to say to you today. Even when life is bad, God is still good. He is good, and he loves you, and he is for you. He's always been true to his promise, even when I didn't understand that. And standing here today, I can tell you my experience, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. No matter what has happened, no matter what is happening, and no matter what comes, when life is bad, God is still good. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.